before anything else, I want to make sure I introduce you guys properly this time. <laughs> so for part two, we're in the final eight of our bracket. I'm back here with Dan. That's me. And Matt. Hello. Matt, what's it like to get your first real introduction? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I can't, I mean, I'm honored. It took, you know, two or an episode and a half to get to this point. And I can't wait for the next episode I'm on to get a real, like, three minute makeup <laughs> intro. Standing, a 12 minute standing ovation. Yes. We'll see what that what happens. So, like I said, we're in our final eight. Uh, we were talking just a few minutes ago. Uh, about how this might be an easy decision on some of these brackets. Some we might have to uh, whittle down what, what's good or, and bad. So I send you guys the bracket. Uh, I guess we can re, re, uh, reevaluate for the people listening. Uh, no, let's just go through bracket by bracket. Matt, do you want to start us off with the first bracket since you're our, our guest, which we got pr- properly introduced this time? <laughs> I'm yeah, just going to keep uh... digging at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Our first matchup is against the Facehugger from the Alien franchise. They will be taking on the Neuralizer from the Men in Black franchise. And this is one of them that I thought was simple, easy uh, decision, and I am going with Facehugger. Okay. And is there a reason why you would choose the Facehugger over the Neuralizer? A- the Alien series is longer, and it appears every time. Even in like Alien versus Predator the two of them does there's there's two of those it shows up there it's uh people go to see that scene of when a face hugger is going to show up that plus a chest burster it's like where when will this happen in this movie i can't wait to see it i always forget they're they're two separate things i always assume the face hugger just comes hand in hand with the chest chest buster yeah they got to think of like more creative names for i'm sure there is and a better (laughs) name for a face hugger (laughs) in uh one of the alien movies i think it was alien covenant the host has the ch- has the face hugger on them and then they're in a surgical bay on their stomach so the chest burster escapes through their back oh wow so it's they're not just always a chest burster <laughs> oh wow back burst so it's just a, a burster at that point <laughs> but the face hugger is always on the face it's got to hug the face because it's got to insert the little thing down the throat and all that uh i i'm glad they don't go into too much detail and we don't have to see that too graphically so is uh, there a face hugger in prometheus at all yes a really really big one yes oh wow okay yeah i remember watching that in theaters and i i i wasn't too big an anti-alien at that point when that movie came out in theaters and i remember seeing the end where it, it comes out of her stomach and i'm like that that looks very familiar i didn't read the synopsis i just kind of it was one of the spur of the moment you go see it at the theaters because there's nothing else out mm-hmm. and boy was i in for a surprise when i found out it was an alien movie so yeah um <laughs> yeah the, the face buster like if i have to show anybody one scene from alien it's always the face hugger scene face hugger chest buster scene combination yeah, yeah. do you share that sentiment dan or, or what, are, what are we saying here is it that easy for you uh these are these are a little harder once once they're up against one another this way for me. I have to think about the way that I was doing it last time. And I know we never like settled on this. We're kind of all just uh, picking these based on how we want to pick them or whatever. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of trying to take like both uh, 
practical and not not practical but like real world uh use out of these things and then then just as a prop at like a convention or hanging in a room or something also so so i'm trying to take both sides like how it would work for me as it is in the movie but in the real world and then and then how how it is as a prop and i don't know if that's fair or not i don't know if that's what you guys are doing but that's kind of fair this is this is fantasy land (laughs) yeah yeah whatever you want (laughs) yeah Uh, the face hugger is really cool it looks cool it's um obviously iconic for all of aliens and alien related stuff um it's not very practical i don't think i like as far as like i don't think i can keep one on a leash and then uh walk <laughs> up to somebody and then have it uh attached to someone's face i mean maybe yeah, i can maybe i could train try. it but uh, <laughs> it seems it seems a little harder um so so for that that reason the neuralizer is a little uh better of a pick for me i, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of times where I would want to use the neuralizer. I feel like, like I kind of said in the last episode, there's a lot of stupid shit that I say that I kind of wish like five minutes later, I didn't say sometimes <laughs> or, um, or maybe you really want to get something off your chest and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you can't really know this. So, <laughs> yeah. um, or, or something, I, I don't know, but thank goodness for the editing feature in podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. For these exactly. listeners, these <laughs> listeners don't know a lot of things I cut out of these. Exactly. <laughs> well, yes, very true. Um so in the real world uh, aspect of it, I'm going to go with the neuralizer as as far as just a prop to hang on a wall or something. That one's interesting because you you do kind of have to be a Men in Black fan to even know what that is. Uh mm. you know, if somebody who doesn't watch uh any movies like that or sci-fi or anything would have no idea what the hell it just looks like a overgrown pen or something like that. Yep. Um, unless you pop it open and everything. So, so for that, I'd probably go for the face hugger, but altogether, I think I'm going to go with the neuralizer. I think it's just a little more practical. It has a, a little bit better use out of it. It does look cool. If you know what it is, not to say that the face hugger doesn't, it looks really cool, but it's also, you know, it's, it's kind of gross and scary and totally <laughs> I don't know if I want to look scary. at it every night before I go to bed. Um, Matt agrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going with the neuralizer though. Okay. I, I made points for each before this. Good, I had some downtime. So the face hugger here, here's the, the pros and cons of this. It, it's super symbolic. You, you can't look at it and think about anything other than it's basically not the face of alien because that would be a xenomorph, mm-hmm. but it's very iconic. Uh, and it induces, if you've seen Alien, a certain level of fear. It's horrifying that body horror we talked about a couple episodes ago. I forgot uh-huh. episode uh, show movie we were talking about. Uh, it's, in terms of legacy, what's aged better, the Men in Black franchise or the Alien? It's it's really tough to say because Matt, you said the the facehugger shows up in like a lot of the Alien properties, right? I'm pretty sure it's in every Alien movie. Yeah, yeah, and people still flock to the theaters to see those. Yeah, if somebody and out there has can Men in Black wrong. been completely ruined by that last movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's tough. One. I, I I couldn't get through. I got through 15 minutes and I had to turn it off. I'll be honest. I, I saw... had screeners for that and I had to watch it and I didn't have my phone or anything and I was super upset. <laughs> I did a I did a cheap day double feature at the theater. I saw X Men Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. and Men in Black International and. Those are both probably the weakest films of their respective franchises. Hands yeah, down. Two, two hated movies. I, I actually liked Dark Phoenix. I know we're not talking about that, but um, <laughs> but I I did think that it got a lot of unnecessary hate. I it, it had its points that sucked, but um, but I, I thought it was pretty good overall. I really like the actress that played Storm as well. 
Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about X-Men someday. And we'll have another bracket for best X-Men. <laughs> yes. Mark my words. Um, and the facehugger could be a nice pet to protect your home. But that's about it. Like, well, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You, you can't put it on a leash and walk into yeah. the dog park. I mean, uh, as long the, as it doesn't jump on your face. How, how do you? Yeah, how do you stop that, though? <laughs> what if you're sleeping? and then? <laughs> okay, now people have sleep, sleep apnea masks in yeah. the shape of a facehugger. Oh, that's, that's how they cool. go to sleep. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But I just imagine <laughs> that something happens like that person unfortunately dies in their sleep or or something happens and, and somebody has to go rescue them or, or something. And <laughs> yeah, you bust open the door and then that's on someone's face. Holy shit. I'd probably just turn around and walk back out. Oh, 100 percent. I'd run. <laughs> it, and it goes back to the what I said about when you see it, it's instant fear yeah. because you know what's the what the next step is. <laughs> the neuralizer, it's easier to own and maintain. It looks cool if, if you know what it is. And what if you accidentally neuralize yourself? As long as you got your cool Ray Bans on, you're good. But yeah, if, but if this you is just a, this is yeah. just a neuralizer, not neuralizer <laughs> and Ray Bans. Oh, okay, okay, true, true. <laughs> yeah. You're right. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. I'm trying to remember if there's an instance where somebody does neuralize themselves, because I know in, at the end of the first movie, K gives it to Jay. It's you know I'm retiring. You have to neuralize me, but he doesn't do it to himself. That's mm-hmm. essentially how you retire from the Man in Black. You get neuralized, but and the Man in like Black. It's not like you flip it around, set the date, and do it to yourself. True. They're professionals. True. They're trained professionals. I guess professionals. you need someone there to give you new memory when it happens. Yeah. So that could just be a, a nightmare if you did it to yourself accidentally. You're cleaning. You pick it up to set it on its display case and pop. There you go. You don't remember where you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, based on those facts, I, I'm going to choose the face hugger just because of, I, I think the sleep apnea machine really... <laughs> solidified it that puts it over the top for you yeah it really is the the horrifying fact that what that thing is so uh we're going to let me put the prop thing up here hold up, hold up. oh yeah i like it some some good visual for our podcast listeners but, but yeah for you us, guys uh, okay now now you guys can see the bracket in front of you yes, oh, wow, yes. that's amazing <laughs> so let's take a look at the face hugger neuralizer so oops i don't know how to do this what am i doing <laughs> Um, for those at home listening, uh, Jer is clicking through the bracket right now yeah. to try to find a way to get it to go on to the next. Uh... Yeah, to, to make it start the bracket. I thought I'd. <laughs> Sorry, I think my dog's hanging it out against the door. So it's a little. Oh, that's bangy. okay. I'll probably just edit, edit this part out. Okay. Um, You'll neuralize this part out. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't do score. So by the score of two to one, the face hugger is moving on against the neuralizer. Uh, our next bracket, Dan, this one's, uh, you can take it away. This one's for me. Okay. So we have Star-Lord's iconic tape player from Guardians of the Galaxy. And we have the Golden Idol from Indiana Jones. Wow. This is one two against one another. <laughs> this is the hardest one. The Golden Idol was quite a debate over that. Well, not really quite a debate, but you guys did a very good job of of changing my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you made the point of what what prop does the has the most impact in the shortest amount of screen time, and I thought, what a cool way to look at something and the iconography of that. So that didn't make it easier <laughs> in <laughs> <Yeah>. this round. <laughs> um. So I, I don't know where you guys stand. Is there one that you look at when you look at this right away and you think, ah, oh, it'll be easy. I'll pick this one. 
in that case, for me, it I, I look at these and I'm like, oh, it's the Golden Idol. But when I think about it, I'm I think I'm gonna be leaning towards uh, Star Wars Star Lord's uh, tape player because uh, it was my argument in the uh, last episode about how and you just mentioned uh, how yes, a short amount of screen time, but it's such an iconic piece. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to reverse that decision in oh. this case and say that star lord's tape player it's the soundtrack for two movies mm-hmm. without it we don't get that the two amazing soundtracks that spanned uh guardians of the galaxy and then uh volume two it gets destroyed in the second movie and we'll see how it goes in uh part three with his newly acquired zune that, oh uh, yeah i forgot about that yeah, yeah i can't writing. wait for the zoom we uh, that opens up a whole door of possibilities for right. uh, soundtracks but for yeah. microsoft mm-hmm. yeah right. which oh, <laughs> that was such a hilarious joke when that happened any uh krillin or is it Crag? no craglin gives it to uh star lord and he said uh uh yondu wanted you to have this it it can hold how many like 150 songs it's a low <laughs> it's a low number but super impressive to peter quill because his tape has like uh, 10 tracks on it yeah it, it's a cool reminder throughout <laughs> the movie like hey this is how outdated this guy is he doesn't know things we know and yeah. i was gonna ask dan you you're 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 a musician yourself mm-hmm. yes how when it comes to movies how important is like a needle drop or a song in a movie to you oh really important it, it sets like a whole tone i feel like you get something like that was done really well like the soundtrack for guardians of the galaxy one and two and and how all of those songs are almost another character. They, they play an important part in the movie, especially in setting the tone and stuff like that. And then you take something that, that where it was done really bad, like uh, the suicide squad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> suicide squad. Yes. Where it's just throwing songs in there for the hell of it. And uh, there are quite a few movies that do that. Um, mm-hmm. that, that just have songs in there for, for no reason other than maybe they were, you know, studio had a deal with the, with the record label or something like that, or, yeah, or artists or, or whatever. Brothers who own their own record yeah. label. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it, it hurts the movie a lot. Like you said, it really hurts suicide squad. Um, it has the ability to, to really hurt or I don't know, prop up a movie, uh, bring up a movie to a whole nother level using that as you would like a background or a character or like a, yeah, that's a very valid point. And I, I was trying to think of movies where the soundtrack is as, uh, I guess I can say important mm-hmm. um, or as impressive as this. And I could really only think of a movie from, I think it's the 80s, The, the Big Chill. Mm-hmm. The Big that. Chill soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack, yeah. you've, you've, I hadn't seen the movie until maybe two or three years ago, but the soundtrack no, exactly. is on Me too. constant repeat in my <laughs> Me too. household. We did, uh, me and my buddies on the Mac Flash YouTube channel. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what's did, that we, called again? Can you drop the, the name Mac one more time? Flash, the Mac Flash YouTube channel. Mac yep. Flash Entertainment. Uh, we did a show. We did a show. The show itself is kind of retired. It was called uh, Mac Flash. Uh, what was the name of the show? It was our top. It's a show where we listed our top five favorite things from movies and uh, TV shows. And one of them was our top five needle drops. And so if anybody wanted to uh, listen in on the importance of a soundtrack in that form, like especially diegetic music in movies, head over there and check out that episode. 
Interesting. I, I I personally haven't watched it, but I've seen a lot of your stuff, and it it's it's really good. It's good combo, Dan. Check it out. I'm I promise you. Yeah. No. I I definitely also, will. You can see me com- compete in some movie trivia and completely shit the yes. bed. So <laughs> not completely. Not completely. You, I w- I did you, win once. <laughs> Jerry has held it. You've won twice. Twice. Okay. Twice. <laughs> my my case for Star Lords. I'm gonna make cases for both of these. Basically. Um. The tape player reinvents music in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, music yes. wasn't a really, they didn't have movies like that where it's, it has an identity because of the soundtrack and where the soundtrack means something. It's usually just scores, with big horns and the same five guys composing the scores, nothing too crazy, but this is really a step forward. And it was copied, like you said, in several movies. And my note says exactly suicide squad. It really introduces people to the seventies and Mm -hmm. the music from the 70s and it gets an entire generation of kids watching these movies say hey that that song's super catchy and then they they kind of feed into that so it's my case for the tape those are just the points i thought about now the golden idol is a different conversation uh it is the most impact with the lowest screen time on this bracket i think i think you guys would agree on this bracket uh yes yeah there's no there's no extra impact on the story or appearance in sequels Nope. Uh, for the Golden Idol. So that may be a negative, I think, maybe. It makes appearances in other movies, though. I recently ah. rewatched uh, Solo, a Star Wars uh, movie, a Star Wars story, and Paul Bettany's character has like a collection on a table behind him, and on his table includes the Golden Idol and the Crystal Skull from Indiana Jones movies. Interesting. Well, the Crystal Skull, that that should have been on this list right away. That's <laughs> Best Indiana yeah, Jones. How do we miss that? <laughs> Dan, you sent me an uh, an article earlier. Do you want to mm-hmm. tell Matt about that? That's that was pretty wild, coincidental. Yeah, it it, it was very odd. About uh, I want to say three or four days ago, Disney announced that they were releasing a prep. Uh, sorry, a replica of the uh, the Golden Idol prop. Um, it's since sold out. It sold out pretty much instantly. Um. But yeah, it's, it's making an appearance in in the regular <laughs> pop culture for the 40th anniversary of uh, Indiana Jones, which just happened also. So, but that's not to say in the 40th anniversary of Guardians of the Galaxy that Star Wars tape player won't make an appearance. Yes, absolutely. We we haven't gotten there yet, so we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. The <laughs> difference got an being to. the difference there being that if like yeah, when an anniversary of Guardians comes out and they want to release uh, a tape player in honor of that, I doubt it will say Sony Walkman on no, it. It'll probably true. say something like Star Lord's tape player. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you, you've got to flash forward ahead. In when did Guardians come out? Two thousand and thirteen. Okay, fifteen. Was it? I, I don't know. One I of those. Completely off. It. So, somewhere along those lines. Um. So we've got to flash forward forty years from there. I wonder in 40 years will how relevant something like that will be. I mean, obviously it's not relevant now, but um, are like you talking how, about cassette players or Sony? Well, <laughs> both of those, <laughs> um, but uh, also how iconic is this movie? Does it have that longevity to where people will still be talking about point. and wanting to buy props from it for 40 years? 40 years from now. Um, I mean, I guess the same thing probably would have been said uh, about Indiana Jones in 1981, but, uh, yeah, that's the thought feeds into my next point. Can the legacy of one movie hold up a prop against another? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, go ahead. And it's interesting because I think this is 
the point where these two could. Your Star Lord cosplay is incomplete without a tape player. Bell yes, coins. similar to an Indiana Jones cosplay. You could do Indiana Jones as long as you have the jacket, the hat, and the whip. You don't necessarily need the golden idol. That's correct. But it helps. Oh, that that is honest. <laughs> I think that might be a negative point for the golden idol there. It is a negative point. Um, oh. You mentioned uh, Disney putting out a replica. Uh, well, I've already got one in my display case. So I knew you. I, will... I was just, I'm not kidding you. I was going to say, <laughs> here's the part where Matt tells us he already has one. <laughs> I have that on my, my uh, I call it my Three Faces of Ford shelf, where I have Harrison Ford Funko Pops, including Rick Deckard from Blade Runner, Indiana Jones, and uh, Han Solo. And in the display is uh, the medal they receive at the end of A New Hope, the golden dice he has on the Millennium Falcon, and oh. the uh, golden idol from Indiana Jones. You don't have the, the Funko Pop from the movie Wit- Witness? I wish they would make one. <laughs> Harrison Ford in Amish gear? That'd be terrific. Yes. Um, yes. Indeed. One last argument okay. or debate topic I want to make specifically for this bracket is the first time I, I guess it's in the second scene of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the real impact of Star-Lord's tape player when he uh, turns on the Red Bone song and he goes walking through that at the very beginning. Planet. Yes. Ve- well, yes. Mm-hmm. Very beginning. And uh, he's singing along to the track. And he comes across the uh, the temple, and that's where he finds the orb with the Infinity Stone inside it. Yep. Clearly replicating the the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh. which in which Indiana Jones has to grab the Golden Idol. It's it's, not, it's obviously not shot for shot the same. Yeah. But it's the exact same uh, concept uh, idea. Concept exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I I honestly, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little torn. Make good arguments, but I think uh, the the pros outweigh the cons when it's uh, Star Lord's tape player. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, this is a really really hard one. I'm still at, right now uh, trying to make my decision. It's going to be. I'm, I'm going to have to talk myself into it. Um, I am not going to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> if anybody hates this decision, I'm going to go first. I am picking Golden Idol. All okay. right. So Matt takes that's so, one so I gotta, for the golden. So Dan, what what I can propose? Do you want uh-huh. to hold on this bracket and revisit at the very end so you have some time to think about it? Oh no, no. Let's let's okay. go. He's going forward. now. Um, I'm, I'm very interested. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, again. Do you, this do you want the, me to pick first? Yeah, you go. Okay. And, and well, good. This is on you now. <laughs> this one is completely on you. I'm picking Star Lord's tape player. Okay, okay. This is this is good because this is around where I thought it would go. To tell you the truth, yeah. um, based based on you two, I figured this is where we would be, and and that's fine. Um, I'm still about to surprise myself because I don't really know where to go. I love both of these movies. Yeah. I love both of these franchises. We obviously all know I'm a big comic book fan, so anything related to comic books, Marvel, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is, is is huge for me. Can I ask you something about the yes, is the is the tape player? Uh, a part of the character in in the comics? No, no. Oh, it's just a movie thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's a movie thing. I don't know that maybe they didn't introduce some a little later after the movies, um, but but definitely the first incarnation. There's not anything with gotcha. it that I can that I recall. Uh, there's a lot of comics though, so who knows? So so big comic book fan. So there's a lot of points on on the Star Lord side for that. Now Indiana Jones is also very big to me. I was. I was born in 83, so I was born a couple of years after this came out. I grew up with this movie and all of the Indiana Jones movies, uh, 
Crystal Skulls excluded. And um, even, I, I don't know, the young Indiana Jones, all that stuff. Indiana Jones was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, we see some uh, memorabilia there. There's behind actually that. An, an, I some movies behind and the show behind me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like it, it, it's so hard. They're both such cool characters too. That's another thing. Star Lord yeah. is such a, he's cool, but he's, he's also not like traditionally cool. He's not like, he's not Indiana Jones cool, but he is cool. He's somebody to look up to. He uh, gives the, the MCU's first middle finger, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt's going to figure um, out. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> MCU's maybe. Uh, Wolverine likes to pull the two claws back and show just the middle one in action. That's okay. That's not MCU proper. Nope. So, uh, that's it. Count. That's my case. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's really hard. I think whenever I take this down to movie prop level, here's what I'm going for. Guardians doesn't have the tone that it has. It doesn't have Chris Pratt as the same character. Um, there's too much removed there if we take out the tape player from the equation. Now, separating the the cassette player from the movie, it's just a generic uh, Walkman cassette player that you could find at a garage sale or something anywhere. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. It is one of those props that Matt kind of talked about in the last episode where um, – it's one of those things the set designers or costume department or whatever went out and found and then, and then brought on and, and whatever. Um, so it exists on its own. It's not that cool on its own, but it's, it's cool within the movie universe. The golden idol is a very, very small part of the first Indiana Jones movie. It's just there for those few moments, minute, maybe 10 minutes. Together. Yeah. Yeah, minute, yeah. 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 On, on screen. One last point before I say what my decision here is that I want to make is making the making the listeners wait. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> as I do. Um, is that I, I don't know when when this golden idol was a, a originally thought up and and the script was originally written and everything, the prop was going to have these eyes in it that that were different than what came out in the yeah. film. Um, it, actually, maybe it did. And, and it got cut from the film, but the eyes were supposed to move. They were supposed to follow Indy around. Um, it was supposed to be a little bit different than what we saw. So right. uh, of course, I think I probably need to base it on what I saw on screen and not what I didn't see. I do feel like that maybe changes a little bit or adds a point to Indiana Jones. This is really, really hard. And I've talked myself <laughs> into a corner now yep. <laughs> and I'm just going to say it, it has to be the golden idol. Oh, I've got to go with the golden idol. (laughs) Okay, I am. I am not disappointed. Um, (laughs) I'm surprised, but yeah, that's okay. It's good. Where I am. (laughs) If if we do this, uh, another bracket of this, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll have a a couple fan favorites that'll that'll join us in the next uh, bracket we do. Last week, you mentioned that this is our our supernatural stage of the bracket. It's the Necronomicon versus Uh our. Yeah, what a what an interesting debate this could turn into. I don't know if it's clear cut for you guys. Um, clear cut, um, hard to say. For this one, I was thinking about practical practicability is a word. Practicability. We make right that's now. that's the show. That's the word. The Zoltar machine is really really big. It blurs the line between movie prop and set design mm-hmm. to oh. a certain point. And they're both based on something that kind of already existed there are zoltar machines but the mm-hmm. one for the movie big was made for the movie big if you went on ebay you'd find a zoltar machine that's like gold and looks kind of like the one it, it was clearly the uh 
the inspiration for for the one they hmm. use in the movie. The ne- the Necronomicon first mentioned, I think, in H.P. Lovecraft uh, stories, uh-huh. and then people would uh, you know go and uh, seek the Book of the Dead, and it's used uh, over and again in other movies. My point being, the Necronomicon is something you can hold and carry around. And as far as the supernatural thing about it, if you had either of these in your house, the Zoltar machine or the Necronomicon, people would approach the Zoltar machine, play with it, maybe make a wish. And that when that wish didn't come true, they would have a laugh. Oh, I, you know, I was just playing. If someone saw the Necronomicon on your shelf, I think they would be hesitant to even (laughs) pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. Let alone open it and read anything inside it. So we'll so call I that think... the, the face hugger effect. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's where I was about to go to. It's got that same face hugger thing going on. <laughs> so I think with that much power, I am going to go with the Necronomicon. Okay. All right. We got our first vote for the Necronomicon. Dan, did you have any points about this one? Which way are you feeling? This one's also very, very hard. I feel like there were there's two that are a little easier um, and two that are very hard. I feel like this one's... I don't know. It might be harder than the last one. I, I feel like I have a little bit more of a, a clear cut answer for this one than I did for the last bracket. But some points that I want to say that, you know, don't directly shadow what Matt said, because I, I don't need to reiterate all of what he said is, is what these things do. Let's take them in their fictional universes and, and, and what they do there. And, and, and how I'm going to be able to use it if I'm in those universes or whatever. That's, that's kind of where I want to go with this one. And for Zoltar. Yeah. It, it sounds great. It sounds amazing. Kind of how I talked on the last episode just to, I don't know, have this wish. Like you, you basically have a genie. So you, you figure out what, what one kind of important wish is to you and you make that wish. And then, um, it either, you know, goes great or goes bad. And, yeah. and, and then you got to worry about finding, <laughs> finding another Zoltar machine. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Necronomicon is, is interesting, especially in the world of the evil dead. I'm not like super brushed up on my lore of it. I mean, I've definitely seen all the evil dead stuff uh, quite a bit. I haven't seen ashes at, sorry, ash versus the evil dead. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, uh, there could be a little bit more lore in that television show that I don't know about outside of the proper movies and then the comic books. But Necronomicon is is obviously you can kind of bring, you know, like an army of the dead back to life. You can summon a demon. Um, there's there's stuff you can do with the with the Necronomicon. And as far as being practical in those fictional worlds, I guess if I see myself in a place where I need an entire army of the dead to help me, uh, I don't know, do my bidding or, or whatever. Go to work um, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you end up with the army of dead uh, of the dead, and then you've got some caveats with that. There's some things that you are going to get out of it that you definitely don't want. The Zoltar machine, I don't know, it has that because every movie has that. You always end up with uh, a huge downside to your wish, of course. That's just good storytelling but but in real life do you if you get a wish is there a a horrible backside to it i guess like if you if you were to go right now to a convenience store buy a ten dollar scratch off and win 500 million dollars um and then pay the taxes on that and then not like get addicted to some kind of crazy drugs or something like are you living pretty (laughs) good the rest of your life is everything okay i think so i think that does happen to people you only hear the bad shit so it's true so i don't know it, it is a little hard and 
I feel like I want to go with the Necronomicon because I do like the Evil Dead franchise a little bit more than big, but I can't base it on the movie. So on that, I think I'll go with Zoltar. Okay, he's going with Zoltar. And another tiebreaker. I like these <laughs> these coming down to the wire. I'm just going to read off my points. I think yes. I've made up my mind. But uh, Zoltar, time travel and wishes you could go back. It, you could wish for more than just the undead. If you want the undead, you could wish for that without the book, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could cause a problem where there's too many undead and you don't know how to control them. Yeah. But and then, then you like just... you said, you got to go looking for the Zoltar machine to fix yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. How do you undo that? And it's really hard to say what I'd rather have in my house. For practicality, definitely the Necronomicon. I mean, I don't have to. I can, I can just carry that around with me. Uh, it's a book of the undead. It's pretty huge. It was kind of underused or underexplained in the in the MCU. But the fact that that kind of concept exists in something as big as the MCU uh, means that it's it's got a good legacy. It's a pretty important uh, storytelling device. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cool horror horror movie element. Yeah, you could create an army for yourself, but how do you control them? And what if it backfires? Maybe there's a spell, an undo spell, a Control Z in in the index of the the Necronomicon. I'm sure we could figure it out. Uh, I just have to say, because I would love to control an army of the undead, I have to vote for the Necronomicon myself. I like it. I think we made a lot of people happy with that choice. I can't be mad at all, even though my choice was for Zoltar, that the Necronomicon is the one moving on instead. Honestly, because it... Okay, if you just take it for a prop, like, it's a better prop. Come on. It's It's a stretched out skin face over a book. Our last bracket of the what semifinal? No, quarterfinals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the Proton Pack versus McLovin's license. Now these two, the Proton Pack beat Rocky's belts uh, by a vote of two to one, so not the easiest path into this round. And McLovin's license won three nothing over the Red Leather Chair, of the Matrix. Easy, easy win. Mm-hmm. Is this round that easy for either of them? Uh yeah. You yeah, think for so? me, absolutely. I've, I've got I a mean, clear win. I would love to hear your guys, you guys defend the McLovin license against <laughs> the Proton Pack. Okay, okay. The McLovin's license. I'll make the case, Your Honor. Here, <laughs> it is. Super bad to me is one of the most influential comedies to me. It's kind of what formed my sense of humor. What I think is funny. Growing up in my teenage years, I had this, the Forty Year Old Virgin, uh, knocked up those those type of Judd Apatow movies. So it's very a huge impression on me. So it's easier for me to recall McLovin's license and and talk about it and joke about that than it is for me to, to talk about the proton pack. You can carry it in your back pocket. You want to see the coolest movie prop? There, you just whip it out of your wallet right there <laughs> and nice and compact. So it, to me, it came down what is most recognizable, but not just from me, but for, for most people. Uh, it's McLovin's license, but I, I I just know it's an uphill battle against something like the Proton Pack, Ghostbusters, one of the one of the top sci-fi movies of all time, easily. Yeah, it's really uh, hard to pit these two against one another, or or sorry, you know, this one against this one. It's it's yeah. it feels like an unfair fight, in my opinion. But we didn't make you know what was going against what, so yep. none of us yeah, was, none of us have anything randomized. to do with that. But yeah, there's look the McLovin license is a big part of that movie it's an important piece in that movie and i'm just echoing what i said last time about it but but it is really important to that movie i guess this would come down to one how important is that movie to you like jared just stated you know it's pretty important to him Mm -hmm. um whereas something like ghostbusters would be pretty damn important to me and then also if you if you 
take a step back and and you want to live in fantasy land for a second and say that you're in one of these universes, what's the, what's the real world uh, practical effect? uh, If if you're there, what you're going to do with these things? Well, I'd much rather be busting ghosts than uh, buying beer. (laughs) When you're a teenager and you have a fake ID that gets you beer, you are a hero. You are a superhero in that high school. Look, you're talking to somebody who could grow a full beard at like 14, so yeah. I could get a beer anyway. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that uh, that privilege. Uh, so, Dan, what's what's your vote for? I think I know what it is, but yeah, uh, I it's hear it. it's it's pretty easy. It's pretty clear. Um, it's definitely going to be proton pack for me. Just again, based on what I said, it, it's it's got more practical use for me. Even if I couldn't buy beer, I don't drink anyway. So oh, there you go. <laughs> it's not going to do me much good, but, um, but sure. I could see going to the cool party and uh, impressing all the, all the other kids with the beer that I bought or, or whatever. And that being cool. Um, but yeah, that's not as cool as being like, but actually I hunt ghosts and here's my proton pack that I do it with. <laughs> that, I feel like yeah, that's going to get me point. laid a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the theme of this bracket absolutely <laughs> to disagree with you there it was oh. it was his it was his fake license that got him laid at yes. that party sure. he was oh. showing it off and she was like oh wow is the uh his date for the night there and in the, it got her into the bedroom but for me I mean, I'm picking Proton Pack, too. I'm not even going to bother burying the leaves. Proton Pack, for sure. I love Ghostbusters so much. I had a toy Proton Pack when I was a kid. If I could ever get one of those back, I wouldn't want to pay the 150 bucks I recently saw at a convention for it. I mean, for that price, you can get a nice new costume kind from uh, Spirit Halloween off the shelf there. But uh, it's coming down to, uh, as far as cosplay is concerned, both of these, you pretty much need in order to complete your costume. If you're walking around with the Ghostbusters jumpsuit, can get you only so far. It's the proton pack that really makes that. This is true. Uh, if somebody was uh, dressed up as Fogel at a Comic-Con and he didn't have the license on him, I would say you lose the you lose the costume competition. Where is your license? <laughs> on the other hand, if you, if you just carry McLovin's license in your pocket and whip it out every once in a while and you want to see a cool movie prop, I'd hold it and be like, this looks nothing like you. (laughs) I mean, I liked this movie, but I would bet more people, props from Superbad, would want Seth's lunchbox of dick pictures. (laughs) That's a, you're right. You're right. And you know what? Congratulations. You convinced me, and I'm going to admit it right here. (laughs) You convinced me just based on that, the importance of the prop. I, it obviously doesn't matter even if I pick McLovin's license, no matter how important that movie is to me. You're right. The Proton Pack is a more iconic or what Far this whole debate iconic. is about is yeah. is the better movie prop. So you're right. So by score, our first shutout, I think. Yeah, our first shutout of the second round. We're down to the final four. This is uh, getting down to the wire here. Now, this one won't be much debating or might. Yeah, Matt, you want to... You want to try this one? Good luck. So the uh, first match of the semifinals is the face hugger from the alien franchise versus the golden idol, which was seen for a few minutes in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, now I made a yeah. huge case for the face hugger in the last bracket, just because of its uh, longevity throughout the entire series. It's in for every sure. movie. And uh, I could easily, I mean, just repeat myself and move that into the tournament. However, I won't based on the fact that I don't have a face hugger 
in my collection and i don't <laughs> think i would want one and that's just a personal uh thing i mean many people maybe have uh their home video cameras or use their uh phone uh video cameras to replicate uh their favorite movie scenes i have done that myself but i used the golden idol to do that because uh, i have one in my display do you um, have a bag of sand though I don't have a bag of sand. I'm sure that's I mean, not hard to find. Yeah, how hard is that to get? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry. We should it. have that in the next bracket. <laughs> yeah. bag of sand. Indy's bag of sand, without which he couldn't obtain the Golden Idol. Oh, it's there you far go. more important than the Golden Idol itself. No, that's not true. I mean, I'm going to pick the Golden Idol. Okay. And I don't know if I can come up with any other reason than it's... Ah, to call it more iconic is hard at this point because... So many people love those alien movies, and the facehugger is so important to them. It's but, one of the most yeah noticeable, noticeable or notable uh, items or props in that movie. Yeah, but then you but, made the case of it. Does it come down to is that a prop or is that almost a costume? Yes, I was going to come to that point. Is it a prop? Is it a character? In later iterations of the alien movies, I guess they would have to make a prop for someone to wear on their face. But they started CGing them. Yeah. So their existence is limited. The Golden Idol is far more uh, tactile. It's, uh, what's the other word for it? Tangible? Tangible, exactly. And so for that reason, the, the Golden Idol can be held in any iteration of its creation. The face hugger does at some point just become a bunch of pixels and you not a problem. You can hold a face hugger um, if you want to <laughs> yeah. die. You don't you want, want it. But how do you hold it by the tail? <laughs> Dan, did that sway your decision at all? Actually, I am. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I was gonna go face hugger, but uh, I, I. I'm also gonna vote for the golden idol for the first time in this bracket. Wow. I think Indiana Jones is a better. I wouldn't say better movie than Alien. That's a. That's a whole different debate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what I'd rather own, it comes down to that. I think in this, the theme of this, this stage of the bracket. And I think I'd rather own the, the golden idol, have that on my shelf. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm pretty clear cut on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, we all made so many points at first, whenever we, we started this today about the golden Isle and the, sorry, idol and the face hugger. I, I guess like what I want to bring it down to is just what's, what's cooler like, what's the cooler prop? What looks cooler? Uh, I'm just going to go with that. That's how I'm going to decide yeah, these last awesome. ones no. that I decide. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Golden Idol is a, is a cooler prop. It's weird as hell. So is the Facehugger. So these are kind of like good competition against one another. They're both pretty weird. If you look at the Golden Idol up close and everything, it's like a weird statue giving birth with a giant head. And is it is it solid gold? Is it hollow inside? Is it plated? I'm not sure. If it's solid gold, it's heavy as hell. I know that. But either way, it's pretty cool to have a solid gold or gold plated statue. Maybe yeah. it's fake gold. I don't know. Either way, it looks cooler. So I'm going with the Golden Idol. All right. We have our uh, <laughs> the Golden Idol just seems to have an easy path into the, into the finals here. Yeah. Good for it. <laughs> our second last bracket. This is a good debate the last couple of rounds. Dan, you want to? This is hard. This is a a very supernatural pairing here. Oh, true. We have the more horror side of the supernatural pairing with the Necronomicon and the more comical sci-fi side with the proton pack from Ghostbusters. 
but one is for conjuring the dead and one is for capturing and putting yes. away the dead. So, so what's more important? And again, what's the cooler prop in my opinion? So this is really hard. We've got the proton pack. Look for three years in a row when I was seven, when I was eight and when I was nine, I dressed up as a ghostbuster for Halloween. And every year my mom got me a new costume with a different proton pack. And um, I don't know. I, I love that thing. I had all my cool little action figures that had their little removable proton pack. I don't know. It's so cool. It's so iconic. Um, it's great. And it goes great with those jumpsuits and everything the necronomicon like i was saying a minute ago it looks so badass it's it's a skin stretched over the cover of a book um Mm -hmm. which uh, comes into play later on in some of the uh evil dead mythology um i don't know this is a pretty hard one um i really like horror movies a lot i'm a big horror movie fan i'm also Mm -hmm. like action comedy sci-fi fan um this is Super, super hard, but I'm going to go with the Proton Pack. Okay, we got one vote for the Proton Pack. I'm going to make my decision based on costumes and how it completes a costume. Mm -hmm. The Necronomicon is in... It's something from a movie, yes. It is a prop, of course. But it's not as recognizable as the Proton Pack. Every, Even just not the item, but the name, the Proton Pack. Mm-hmm. It's synonymous with Ghostbusters, one of the best comedy sci-fi movies arguably ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, a movie everybody loves, everybody's seen. <clears throat> so based solely on that and the cool, it, it's not just the Proton Pack, but it does come with the Ghost Trap uh, as well. And it shows up in, in Stranger Things, which I'm absolutely in love with right now. So I'm, I'm voting for uh, the Proton Pack. I'll disagree to a certain extent when you say when you say which one was cooler because there's a certain a very large certain circle of horror fans who will say the necronomicon would be their pick mm-hmm. if you went to horror con uh specifically you could see several different versions of the necronomicon made from you know the etsy type people okay. for sale on their tables uh, it's far harder to make a proton pack and sell that for a price that someone would say, oh, I'll take one of those, please. And uh, oh, okay. you hand over a whole bunch of money. But the point I am going to make that uh, Dan alluded to and I was thinking of just before he started speaking was whatever the Necronomicon could conjure up, the proton pack <laughs> could defeat Yes, yes, you're right. It's <laughs> a good to point. The point that if you shot the Necronomicon with the proton pack, it would probably destroy it. Ah, so rock, paper, scissors. Reason, <laughs> yes, paper covers rock, proton pack wins this one. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like what you did there because Ghostbusters has done over the last few years like a few different comic book mashups and and so has Evil Dead actually being I think owned by Dynamite Comics now which is the same universe as like Red Sonja and and things like that Vampirella it would be really cool to see those two together in a comic book and see what happens uh, I'd love yeah. to see that so are we pitching we're pitching this to a studio uh, Evil Dead Ghostbusters Crossover? Absolutely, dynamite! Get at me! Um, I <laughs> reduced go. rate. I got you. <laughs> Ghostbusters just, versus the Evil Evil Dead. <laughs> I want to go back to the Neuralizer. Do you guys remember that crossover that was supposed to happen with Twenty One Twenty Two Jump Street and Men in Black? <laughs> yes. yes, and <sighs> Ghostbusters. I think there was supposed to be a Men in Black Ghostbusters crossover. Oh, I would have paid Sony, good money to see that. Sony uh, runs those two as well. 
Wow. Sony runs everything into the ground is what they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no comment. Know. Sony, sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, it's finals time. Oh, God. Uh, for tuning into this episode, stay tuned. Next three weeks, you will find out who the winner is. I'm joking. <laughs> We're finding it right now. Ah, this is, it. This is the 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 end all be all of our first ever prop bra- bracket: the Golden Idol from Indiana Jones versus the Proton Pack from the Legendary Ghostbusters. Oof. And I can see that you guys are just being torn apart by this decision. <laughs> Matt, <Yeah. laughs> Matt is stewing this one. We'll give him half an hour. I, I don't know what argument to make for either of these that hasn't already been made. We've put it all on the line for these two. We pretty much know how how each feels. But I think for me, it's going to come down to legacy and how often or how much more the one item has appeared in pop culture over another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be quick and simple, rip this Band-Aid right off. I'm voting for the Proton Pack because we made such a good case for it last, uh, last bracket. But the Golden Idol... Had it had an easy path here, and it's it's no no disrespect to the Golden Idol. I I just don't think it's my movie prop. I'm going Proton Pack, despite not even voting for it. I didn't vote it for. Don't vote for it in the first round. I'll say that fans can hate on me. I don't care. <laughs> now we're gonna we're gonna sit and while well, the jury deliberates here, this is yeah, more important. I'm ferociously ripping out my beard hair. So <laughs> you've heard of the uh, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict. This is this is just as crucial. Yeah, that's that has nothing on this. This is a very important decision here. Um, I mean, we're talking about somebody's some multi-millionaire's lifestyle or whatever. This is yeah. movie props. This is way more important. Yeah, this is way more important. <laughs> Although the compass from Pirates of the Caribbean would have been cool. Uh, we'll have one. to have that in the next uh, next round. Yeah. But I figured you'd through... do like a hat or like a beard bead or something. Not not a that, that's true. Yeah, the compass was a weird. I don't know why my mind went right there. <laughs> weird okay run us through your train of thought here uh either of you because you're both you're both mulling this over okay i've been fighting for the golden idol through this whole tournament this is correct and nothing changes now no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm gonna go a different way um as far as props are concerned i'm thinking about cosplay now if you are doing ghostbusters you need the proton pack and the more proton packs you have, the bigger your Ghostbuster franchise can be. There's no limit on how many Ghostbusters you can have in your uh, fantasy firehouse. As far as Indiana Jones is concerned, it's one. It's one guy carrying the Golden Idol. Maybe if you wanted to be very creative and you played the villain from uh, Raiders, Belloc, he's the other character who gets to carry it for one second. So mm-hmm. if someone dressed up as him and carried the idol, that would be an interesting uh, cosplay to see at a convention. But my point still stands that the more proton packs you have, the better. You can't do that with the golden idol. So having said that, I'm going to go with the proton pack. It's also a team effort prop. I can only imagine that it's and it's displayed in the movies itself. It's impossible to put on by yourself. You need someone to help you put that on. It's a two-person prop. With that in mind, I am going to go with the Proton Pack. And okay. also because it appears in like four movies and a cartoon or a couple of cartoons and video game. Probably comic books too, Dan. Comic yeah, books absolutely. as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of comics. Um, okay, so 
is it going to sweep? I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, scenario to be put in. Now, uh, Proton Pack wins either way, no matter yep. how I feel, which legitimately fine. I've made so many points. You guys have both made so many points about both of these props here. I, I think we're we're sitting here convincing ourselves over and over again that the Golden Idol is important to the mythos of Indiana Jones. And it, it really is. It's not so much that we have to sit here and convince ourselves of that. It's more that the general moviegoer, maybe some of our listening audience, whatever, needs to be reminded that that's important. Not only to, to that single movie, to the whole Indiana Jones franchise. Then you take something like the Proton Pack, which is a, a pretty easy uh, win in its category. You've got something that's part of a costume, as Matt was just saying. It's important to that if you don't have the proton pack, you don't have the ghostbusters. What the, they, they can't do anything without their proton packs. Um, they can't go out and bust ghosts. So, so you forego the entire the um, name. experience. There goes the name. Yeah. Name everything. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very important to that. Uh, again, we pit these against one another. Does that first movie work without the golden idol? Can we still get around it without having that prop, without seeing that prop, without uh, probably not? I mean, maybe there's some kind of creative way or whatever, but it's pretty damn important too. Um, what I talked about before, whenever before we got to this bracket, deciding what the winner was in this last bracket was what I thought was cooler, and both of those won out for me in those categories. So, so they're both pretty damn cool. I don't know about against one another. Again, it's kind of hard. The proton pack being used in real life is is pretty damn awe-inspiring. It's really cool if you think about it. The golden idol, depending on what kind of material it is, um, if it's solid gold, if it's 150 pounds of solid gold, whatever, uh, that's pretty cool too. Also, it represents something that's that's pretty cool at that point in time and, and everything to that specific culture and, and whatnot. Um I don't know. I'm just talking and I, I definitely <laughs> second you guys or third you guys proton pack all the way. All right. Um, <laughs> That's it. There we go. That's what I, I, I had a feeling you, you'd go that way. Yeah. So that means our winner by a score of three to nothing over the golden idol is the proton pack. Mm hmm. Maybe we'll get matching proton packs, should we? Oh, yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or, or at least uh, life-size proton pack tattoos on our backs or something. Oh, there you match go. That, that way. Yeah, that yeah. sounds a little more expensive, though. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Actually, uh, happy that the proton pack wins because when we do more of these prop brackets and then we get down to like the tournament of champions, I wouldn't want to see the golden idol lose to anything else. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, putting that up against other things is going to be difficult i mean as far as other movie props go in my head the proton pack would lose to so many so we'll see how it stands up in later episodes all right and there will be more episodes this has been a great uh, debate uh, thank you both for partaking in this brainchild of mine that is our <laughs> first ever bracket uh, and thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed our discussion, please let us know what you would have picked. If you agree with us or disagree with us about the Proton Pack, let us have it. Don't be polite. It doesn't hurt our feelings. But share this podcast and uh, this episode and make sure uh, to to follow us for more. For Real Good Movies Bracket Edition, I'm Jer. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Mr. Smith, quickly, I want that door open now. Don't stand over there. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Did you see it? What is it? We got it! Oh.